Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. I'm a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their callings and actually land a job or start a business that allows you to fulfill it. In this season, by the way, welcome to season five. This is so cool. So you're going to hear me address the 10 biggest questions we have about our callings week by week. We'll be covering questions like, can you miss your calling? Does physical, material, or secular work really matter to God? Is it selfish to want to be fulfilled by work? Oh, what about this one? So wasn't work cursed with the fall of man? And is it therefore unreasonable to expect that work could be a purposeful, glorious gift? What about our true callings only for the special few? And so much more, including, oh, just one more kicker. So what about people that are oppressed and have little to no choice in their careers? Are you telling me that they have a calling? This is actually just a small sampling of the big audacious questions that we're facing throughout this series. And this season is as you'll probably be able to tell, I hope, the amalgamation of years of research and study and conversations I've sought out to get to this point where we could come together on some of the most daunting theological questions that often go unanswered and either consciously or at least subconsciously really hold us back from the blessing and the purpose of work that God intended actually to build his kingdom here on earth with a vision and life. So anyway... <laughs> I get all caught up in this. So in these episodes, I want to say, actually, you're going to hear me mention a PDF guidebook that is designed to accompany this series of 10 audio lessons. So it's a 27 page download with all the scriptural references and additional detail and examples to answer each of these questions for you and that you'll hear me addressing in these episodes. So you can get this as well as instant access to all 10 episodes so you don't have to wait for them to come out week by week bundled for you as a little e-course how cool <laughs> at kelseykemp.com slash module one where it's like your little personal library all in one place and you could even share it with friends i really believe that this is something to be spread so you might be asking why module one why is it kelseykemp.com slash module one <laughs> that url one more time it's because this series was actually created for the members of the Calling Academy, which is my signature course helping you clarify your unique purpose and find the job or the business idea that God is calling you into to fulfill it. And this series was created to help the members align their beliefs with God's beliefs about work before they dove into the practical steps of discerning what they were called to do. And we are actually wrapping up this current co cohort in the next few weeks, but you could get on the list to be able to enroll when the doors reopen at the end of September or early October and get on the wait list at thecallingacademy.com. Uh, also, if you just go to my homepage, kelseykemp.com, everything's linked there. So, hey, as you listen, last thing before we dive in, I'm going to ask that if and when a friend comes to mind who you know would be encouraged by this episode, please send it to them. So if you're anything like me, I really found this stuff to be radically encouraging and honestly so freeing and tangibly influential in my career and so i'll remind you again at the end of the episode but just for now be thinking about a friend or a small group or your small group from church um, that you might want to send this to as you enjoy the episode all right now let's dive into today's question next 
next up, does God have a very specific vocational path that he wants for me? Or are there a variety of options that would be pleasing to him? Very interesting question. So I personally believe that we have one calling in terms of the role that we're meant to play in the body of Christ, just like we see in scripture, like you are the ear or the hand, or you're the apostle or the prophet, or given to serve the world in government or whatnot. We see all those examples as I have mentioned them in other sections and references. Um, But does that mean that I am meant to be a... Uh, a administrative clerk versus a guard or a policewoman in government, or if I'm called to be an evangelist, should I be a street evangelist? Should I be someone who holds a corporate job and uses that to um, really minister within that sphere? Uh, that you're given influence over. Uh, I'm tempted to say uh, I am going to show some scriptural evidence that it seems like we have options, Um, but also know that in addition to these multitude of expressions in which you could carry out a maybe more overarching role, there's also obviously different seasons in your life and different expressions and decisions that you can make over those seasons. And I believe that God has one overarching purpose in mind for us, like a role that just makes sense in terms of how we're designed and what he put on our heart to do. But he allows us to use our free will to select from the buffet of options and the moving pieces to accomplish it. It kind of reminds me of what I was saying um, in another section of Adam's first task, which was to name the animals. Um, there are limits in that uh, Adam didn't make the animals. There was a finite set that were delivered to him, and God decided what the qualities and characteristics of those animals were. But Adam got to, sorry, I just choked. That probably sounded like the audio cut out. Nope, t- choked on my own spit. I'm really cool. So anyway, um, but Adam got to um, decide uh, what name um, in this animal would hold. That kind of seems like a good expression of those characteristics um, that he took inventory of and noticed like, oh, this is how you created this animal, God. So I think that we're kind of meant to lead our lives in the same way. But um, some biblical examples for you that I think really tease out this lesson is just as the, and I know you're like the parable of the talents again, but it is just endlessly fascinating and informative to me. But we see that just as the master in the parable of the talents only cared about whether the faithful, the servant was faithful and fruitful in their results, but did not provide specific instructions or mention preferences for, you know, I really, yes, the general calling is I want want you to uh, grow my wealth. I want you to invest it. But he didn't give specific preferences for like, I want you to use ABC bank down the road or these stocks or start this venture or hire out this labor and use my land in this way to grow the wealth. He didn't give specific preferences for that. Um, It seemed, it didn't seem, we know that the servants just were called to use that creative authority that we were given, that we absolutely see in the first chapter of Genesis. The 
or as I heard one article, I think it was in the Theology of Work blog. That's a a website that is so fascinating and very helpful if you want to go check it out for so many different topics. But I liked how they called uh, Adam's task um, an act of ordered creativity. So it's not ultimate creativity, like we're not God, we are given a sandbox to work in, but we are very creative and given to be rulers, actually. We didn't pick that very um, high-level language. God did. So all we're meant to do is pay attention to it and be like, oh, all right, I guess I'm meant to be a ruler over here. Let's go. And, you know, inevitably when we pursue that for our own self-gain, we will be humbled uh, and by our own um by the fruits of that selfishness and it's only going to be used for good by God to draw us back to him. And it's going to be great. So anyway, um, just, I always add that aside, but anyway, so from another standpoint, um, in addition to the parable of the talents example, I think it is so incredible to note, especially from Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses one through six, which just blew my mind. And when I read this, I was like, I have to share this with all my clients because it totally informs the way that the approach and the expectation um, that, or actually the release of many expectations that we should have as we're going into our job hunts, our career decisions and whatnot, that we, we have to be the masters of deciding the one thing, which almost sounds a little contrary to what I said, but listen, we are given instructions and this is a helpful approach that kind of gives us some freedom in life. So let me read it to you, but first say that what I drew out from this passage is that God actually wants us, he wants us to quote, invest in many ventures and so many seeds and you know, the whole like cast your net wide principle, knowing we are meant to do that out of faithfulness knowing that it is not up to us to figure out the one path that will prosper. Notice I didn't say you can't have a hypothesis of um, some things that are a good idea, but through action and time and knowing that God is sovereign over all things, you will observe what he made, what seed he made grow. And that will guide you. That will guide you. So it's like this, be faithful in the casting of the seeds, knowing that you have um, decision-making power over uh, what field you do that in and whether it's wildflowers or whether you're planting squash this season or whatever. But you'll see what God makes prosper as he is the one that is in control of all things. Um, and so let me let me read this for you. So Um, Again, noting that he will open the door to the option that he wants to see prosper. It's your job to cast those seeds. So I'll read verses one through six in Ecclesiastes 11. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they will pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. What Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Oh my gosh, can we just sit on that for a second? Because I've mentioned that in a couple other clips. I believe that if you're trying to control everything and say, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, I know best who, if you're, that naturally should freak you out a lot. And if we're so 
like white knuckled over like, this is the thing that needs to work out. Or if you're like, I need to hold back until God tells me the exact investment that will work out best or the exact option. No, your job is to go put out a lot of options and see which one comes back and works to you. Because he says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. If you overanalyze everything and stay in analysis paralysis, you because you are convinced it needs to be the one thing and you need to know what's going to work out in advance, you won't do anything. And it says, whoever looks at the clouds also will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and at the evening, let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. And I think it's so interesting. So like, who's to say... Uh, I mean, maybe in this example, like you get to decide if you are a farmer or the person who's investing in ships or whatever in these two examples that we see. But either way, be casting out your nets and investing in options and seeing what works out. Knowing that God is the maker of all things, do not let your hands be idle in the meantime. Just know that You aren't going to know what will work out in the end. God is the one that is guiding that and is blessing the right option. So stay in action and it will be made clear to you. It might not even be made clear to you as you're doing it. You just almost might see in retrospect like, oh, wow, that was really the thing. (laughs) So does that sound unsettling to you? Uh, I know. But know that our free will is a gracious gift from God through the effort it takes to learn about God and seek his will through the Bible, apply the wisdom to make decisions amidst uncertainty, and learn from the outcomes. We are able to grow in love and wisdom and reliance on God, which is the most rewarding thing that you could possibly experience. I know that we are all here with the expectation and prayer that you will get to have such an incredible and rewarding um, and meaningful career, but know that every single thing in your life everything actually points back to this one truth that's just coming to mind right now that I want to look up the exact verse because God says it so much better than my paraphrase. It says, um, oh, thank you, Jesus, for calling this to mind. It's in Jesus, in Jesus, uh, in Genesis chapter 15, verse one, it says, um, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Oh, oh my gosh. Actually, I want to keep on reading this. So God is our very great reward. And it's, I'm going to directly continue to verse two. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And, and Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And he's, but then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham, Abram believed the Lord. 
and he credited it to him as righteousness. Ah, isn't that so applicable? I know I have things on my heart where I've really been meditating on this chapter in Genesis and thinking, how honest. Actually, Abraham, like the Lord was literally blessing, blessing Abram over and over and over again. And if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe chapter 14 was ending with a blessing. And um, then it says like, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm your very great reward. And how cool is that? Like we pray so hard to hear from God. And Abram got that. Like he got to actually talk with and hear from the Lord. And what did Abraham say? Whatever. I keep on messing up his name, his new name. In this verse, he hasn't been renamed yet. Abram is so honest. He is so honest. And he said, God, what does that matter if you haven't given me the one thing I've been asking for? He's so honest. And the Lord is so gracious not to be like, you impotent, selfish fool. I hate you. No. Oh my gosh. He says, be comforted. That's not like that man will not be your heir. I, your prayer, the answer to your prayer is coming. It is coming. You will have a son who is your own flesh and blood. Do not give up. Like I heard this uh, sermon that was like, do not create Ishmael's in your life out of doubt for God. But anyway, I'm saying all this to mention that God is working all things in your life, including your career, to help you remember that above all, your greatest reward is him. He is your greatest reward without a doubt, but he also does not mock your desires. He does not. He understands and he is so gracious. He, again, did not rebuke Abram, just like I said in my answer to another question. He didn't rebuke the woman who was bleeding for 12 years and wanted healing so desperately. So she came up to Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. He did not say, you selfish woman for wanting this, wanting wholeness in your body wanting wholeness in your family for Abram or wanting a purpose. Like, can you imagine Matthew? He probably hated his job as a tax collector because he was so hated. He was so hated as an enemy to his own people, the Jews. And I don't know what his prayer life was like, but it would not shock me to think that that was such an incredible gift in his life that It wasn't just physical wholeness or familial wholeness in the two examples I just gave, but he got a new career path, which was to follow the Lord as a disciple and an apostle. God cares about all of these things, all of these things. And he does not rebuke you for wanting these good and perfect gifts that he designed to be a part of your life. Work was designed to be a part of the Garden of Eden, as well as in the heaven that we look forward to. And so anyway, I just want to encourage you in that um, while I also return to my point um, that some people, wow, this is like, it's truly a swerve back to my point, but I hope that that was encouraging to you. But of course, I just wanted to note some people definitely, since we're on this topic of like, is really, is there the one job for me or can a variety of expressions work out for me? that are still in line with my calling. Um, And some people, of course, you might say, 
I truly, like, you might hear them say, I truly believe that I'm in the job that God made me for. Honestly, I'm kind of one of those people. But um, many more will say, this feels like the job for me, but I'm sure God could have used me in a variety of other expressions of these gifts at other jobs or companies or organizations. And for me, I definitely echo that. I definitely think that I'm called to entrepreneurship um, and I'm called to help people with the mission that I do to help Christians discern what they're called to do vocationally and then help them start that job, start that business or land that job. I definitely think that that was always the mission. Um, but I could do that through some funny thing that I call, I happen to trademark as the calling Academy. I could do do that as I have in years past through a one-on-one career coaching. Likely it's a mixture of both in the season of life and my stage in business is what dictates that. And a lot of that is just logical and I do have the freedom to choose. So anyway, I hope that's a good personal example for you, but we could honestly feel either way. Like you could be the person that says like, I'm sure it could have worked out in a variety of circumstances, or you could be the person that's like, no, for sure. This is the job for me. But honestly, the truth is like, outside of us because the mystery of how God gives free will to us all while re- while maintaining his complete sovereignty is just something the finite human mind will absolutely never be able to comprehend. No, it's not, not something for us to know here on earth. Uh, that being said, I'd have in the PDF in this section linked three sermons that contain hands down, some of the most fascinating points I've ever heard, no exaggeration, um, that will help you understand the relationship between free will and predetermination, especially in terms of our life decisions and our careers with much more clarity. Oh my gosh, you are going to be obsessed with these sermons. I mean, I think, I don't know, I am, and I've sent them to a bunch of people in my life. And even I've included this in the resources I've sent clients for many years now, and they all are like, whoa, that that is powerful. So listen to those sermons as some supplemental encouragement. Um, And then also I'll close with like a personal anecdote. So um, that I thought, was very helpful and insightful. So I once heard a guy share about his journey um, of deep discernment and prayer and the counsel he sought as he was dating a woman who is now his wife. And he said, I don't often feel like I hear from God, but um, in the depths of my prayer, I really felt like one of the most deep, convicting, resounding thoughts just came straight across my mind and it stuck. And as I was asking, Lord, do you want Stephanie to be my wife? And I heard, she can be, literally like that. And he just it like kept on echoing, she can be. And along the same lines of that example, just as we are culturally beginning to let go of the idea of there being like the one for you in marriage, um, we don't have much scriptural evidence that there is a hyper-specific job title that is the only way that you could live out your calling. Instead, we see much more scriptural uh, evidence teaching us that we should just be wise with our choices, with our free will amidst a sea of options and circumstances we find ourselves in, and trust God to water the right seed, open the right door, work everything out according to the mystery to us that is his will, but it's certain to him. And so leave that up to the Lord. I pray that this encouraged you and gave you whatever clarity is necessary. 
Alright, what did you think? Do you have any follow-up questions? Because if so, you could always DM me on Instagram at Kelsey underscore the called career. Happy to continue this conversation with you about this important question that we started addressing today in this episode. So also don't forget that you could go ahead. All 10 episodes are waiting for you at kelseykemp.com slash module one, the number one. That link is also in the show notes. Always the links I mentioned are always down below in the little show notes section. So you could hit that and go ahead and download all 10 episodes for free along with the uh, whole accompanying guide with the written responses to each of these questions if you're more of a, a fast reader and a skimmer or if you would like to also see all of the scriptural references that I mentioned and the additional resources that I referenced within this episode. You could get all of that again at kelseycamp.com slash module one, no dashes, just module one. And also, guess what? I added a really fun new section to my website, kelseycamp.com slash free. It's also in the main navigation. So that free tools section, go ahead and hit that. And you could see all of the free resources I've created for other areas of your professional development and helping you clarify your calling uh, and get on the road to either getting a job or starting that business that really is going to allow you to fully and boldly live out your calling for the glory of God and the good of others. So lots of stuff waiting for you over at KelseyKemp.com. As for this episode, if again, if the people, I'm not, actually, I don't want to say if, I really trust that the Lord has answered my prayer and brought some people to mind that you think would be highly encouraged, edified, and emboldened by this episode. Um, For that, for those people that you're thinking of, I'm just going to remind you to text this episode to them saying, hey, I was thinking of you. What do you think about this? Let's start a conversation about it. So text this link to them um, and get very, very important conversations started to encourage each other together to go step up to the plate, go stand in the stations that we're called to serve in for the glory of God and the good of others. All right, this wouldn't be a proper outro, would it, if I didn't also ask for your partnership through a quick rating. It literally only takes one click if you're on Apple Podcasts to leave a five-star review and a quick uh, review through a written review just by leaving a couple words. It doesn't have to be fancy at all. Truly, it matters and it counts and it helps you actually join in this mission with me hand in hand to spread the word of God and information to help people step into their callings. This stuff matters and I so appreciate each of you who have actually even left multiple reviews. I've got some homies in this audience (laughs) that really I'm so grateful for your support. All right, I'll see you next week for our next episode in this season five about the 10 biggest questions that we have about our callings.